Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. This month we begin a new series. Like I told you last week, I want us to look at fighting faithfully to finish. Fighting the fight of faith faithfully until we finish. God's desire is that we finish this race of faith that he has called us to. The good thing is that it's going to help us. The encouragement is fight through it until you finish. One of the things I know is this year has just been crazy. Ilikuja na shetani Amen? Ilianza in just a very difficult and weird way. And so I'm here to remind each one of you to fight faithfully. Fight until you finish. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep on. The Lord is on our own. He's still in heaven. After our kipitisha finance bill, fight faithfully too. After kipitisha fight faithfully too. <laughs> Turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 5 to 8. In your scripture that we love here at Nairobi Chapel of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 to 8. Paul is on his way to death. shingo. He's on his way to his death and he reminds Timothy of a couple of powerful things. If you're there, say my amen. Second Timothy 4, verse 5 to 8, I'm reading from the NIV. Keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure, this is Paul, is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept to the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us in your arms, Jehovah. It is not easy, King of Kings, to stick to the excellence of your word. Because the enemy wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Even our hearing and our doing of the word. Father, protect us. And help us to be fruitful, not only in listening, but in doing what you say, even after we leave the house of God. We praise you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we all shout. Amen. We all shout. Amen. The book of Second Timothy was written by Paul. Paul is the apostle of Christ. Paul was born a Jew. And he was very smart, very learned. 
ni wale walikuwa nakaa nao chini hivi nasikia naongea unasema aha Mungu aliumba you know those guys even at your workplace you have them nafungua mdomo nasema ai Mungu kwani the rest of us what did he decide uliamua aje that was Paul he was so smart and so engaged in the culture that he decided to get into priesthood into the company of the priests akaenda kasoma and one very learned guy one very smart teacher called Gamali they told this in the book of acts land yani alisoma mpaka kafika that level to the point was given a post don't understand really the details of his post but we know it was powerful because when this sect this cult yeah this man Jesus came hey guys believe it or not when Jesus and his followers the church called him a cult called his followers a cult and atongelele iziki kama our brother huko Mackenzie Jesus was once considered by the church a cult imagine that so Paul is given the responsibility go and maliza what we can't have cults they are not following the gospel no gospels the word of god so that was his role but on the way to catch these people because he said I want to catch them put them in prison god akasema ah, enough is enough boss and on the road to damascus jesus met him and then gave him the responsibility of reaching the gentle world when he started he assumed that god was calling him to just be like the other disciples it is interesting that most of us when we are called we assume me cuz yangu ni kama tu ya pastor fred no each one of you and i told you this a couple of months ago each one of you has a very definite call from god whether you believe it or not each one of you aya tangu ni basema niba unajua wewe ni mchungaji So Paul was given the call to the Gentiles. The reason I'm talking about Paul is because Paul is one of the men in scripture who really suffered. Ujamali bitia. He went through so much that sometimes when you read it it looks fake like it didn't really happen. This man they're looking at fighting the fight of faith. And what we are really addressing is the issue of suffering. Pastor, how can you be Paul, one who saw Jesus almost face to face? No one was called an apostle. And yet suffer the way he did. How is that possible? Mchungaji. Atwe ni mchungaji na how now? How? In 2 Corinthians 23 to 29, 2 Corinthians, hey, chapter me potea hapo. This is what he says. Let me read for us. Eh? I have been in prison more frequently, more severely flogged than anyone. I have been exposed to death again and again. This is Paul talking. Five times I've received from the Jews forty lashes, minus one. And if you know what Christ and the Petrus were lashes, this guy received it five times. And Akukufa, Jehovah. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent 
a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my fellow Jews, danger from Gentiles. The ones in danger of the city, in danger in the country, danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger, thirst, and often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. Paul Alipitia. He went through craziness. So by the time he's saying, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. Hey, those statements. And so my question to you today, are you fighting the good fight? Are you still on the race? I'm not one hour to kiss my smile, but it down you're like, I'm done. Pastor, you have no idea what I'm going through. Mimi, 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 Jehovah is in heaven and I have a feeling he has no clue where I am. How can I be going through what I'm going through? I think I'm going to five times what Jesus went through. And then you're there telling me at Jesus that he has suffered more than me. Ay, come on. This month, this is what you're talking about. And I'm here to encourage you to keep on going. Amen? Can't you never tell them keep on? Keep on, keep on. DC told us a few weeks ago that suffering came because of the fall of man. The reason suffering exists, and I hope you remember this, is because Adam and Eve sinned. It is not our fault. He needs to Adam. And when you get to heaven, hey, Munga Kitreja to Fike Uko. I don't know how I'll see the guy. There's there's once two or three times in a month. I'm a few few months. Couple of times. Hey, hey. Suffering. I always say that the devil introduced to mankind the state of life he was in and so made us all partakers of what he was in. The devil suffers even now. He knows his endgame. Anajua. That at the end of time is going to be destroyed. And so one of the things he must do is make our lives a living hell. We will now and forever suffer like he was suffering away from God simply because of the fall. Just want to remind you in case you've forgotten Suffering never began with you. Suffering began at the Garden of Eden. Be encouraged. A big thing to note though, there's a difference between suffering in God and suffering out of Him. One of the things I always say that we do when I stand here is to remind anyone who does not know Jesus to take Him soon. Take Him soon. Take Him today. That's God's word. Today is the day of salvation. And we say that because, guys, suffering in outside of Christ is the worst thing you can do for yourself. 
or to yourself. I hope that everyone listening to me now and those that will be listening online have the Lord in them. Because it is a tragedy to suffer outside of Jesus. Those who suffer in the Lord, we know their end. At the very end of time, Christ will come for us and take us home. The Bible, the book of Revelation tells us one day, one day, there will be no more pain. One day, one day the tears on your face will stop. One day. Those who do not know Jesus, hey, I'm sorry for you. I am sorry. Because your suffering will continue to the end of time. Imagine that. Imagine kuwa akimongeza wa fuel till you die. Imagine. How difficult is that? Ati, you are in pain, crying every single day of your life. That is for those who do not know him. And so I will remind you again, if you do not know Jesus, guys, I beg you, find him today. I will not call you to the front. I will not ask you to raise your hand. I beg you by the mercy of God. Find him. But the good thing about suffering is that as long as you are here on earth, you are suffering. All of us are suffering. Everyone here has a place that they are suffering. Some of, you, some of us know how to mask it. Some of us have mastered the way of carrying it. You know when to bring it and you know when not to. When you are at work, you are not... We are not going to cry, cry here. Ah, uh-uh, ah, uh, it's joy. But in your private times, you know what and how you are suffering. The introduction of the baby into the world is so laced with suffering that it has to cry within 30 seconds of its arrival. Most of us will turn <laughs> This one is alive. Next. No, we were in a line, all of us. That's suffering. My question to you today is where are you suffering? Do you know you are suffering? Are you in pain in the house of God? Are you in trouble? What's keeping you awake at night? What's giving you sleepless nights of late? What's depressing you? Is your heart broken in God's house today? One thing I've come to remind you this month is you're in the right place. You're in the right family, family of God. You are His child. No, and I constantly have to remind you to immerse yourself in his word. Always and forever. One of the things I always must do today, nowadays, I am God's child. I must remember that so strongly. Because if I don't, you know, you know, 
I hope you immerse yourself in prayer. That is strength. Talk to the Lord. Find strength inside of you. Vent to him. If you read the book of Psalms, it is all there. David was overwhelmed by his own family. His own child wanted him dead. He goes before the Lord and says, Jehovah, how many are those that have risen up against me? Many are those that rise up against me. But you, O oh Lord, are a strength and a shield. My glory, the lifter of my head. That is David. When his son Absalom wanted to kill him. What do you do when you're in those difficult situations? Who do you vent to? Who do you talk to? You're in the right place. Remember Jehovah. That's the right person to vent to. Can you imagine Adam and Eve when they were told to get out of the Garden of Eden? That was suffering. Remember Cain when he killed his brother? And he had to wander the rest of his life with the mark of death on his head. That is suffering. Noah, when he had to curse his son for seeing him naked, I don't think he did it with joy. That is suffering. Abraham and Sarah waited 75 years for a child. Guys, 75 years. Many got to line supermarket five minutes hey makana kumushonga past 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 oh isaac check isaac and rebecca 20 years they have to wait for a child 20 20 jacob one of the greatest liars in the bible suffered greatly for cheating his brother that one we know joseph suffered you know, it's, a, it, it's one thing when outsiders mess you up. It's another thing when your family sends you off, your bros. Guys, you've grown up. Hey, that was painful. Dude suffered for a long time. But by the time he becomes the governor of the nation of Egypt, sometimes I wonder how, how did he go through the suffering in his life? Moses suffered 40 years as he led the children of Israel the promised land those guys never liked him and he was their leader he didn't even choose to lead the nation of Israel God chose him put him into the position and they sumbuad him all the way to his death it is because of the nation of Israel I believe that he never got to get into the promised land he was so angry with them dude suffered we have to mention the likes of Samson, suffering in the hands of Delilah. Women he loved. We have to mention Ruth and Naomi who suffered the loss of their husbands. That is suffering. We have to mention Saul who suffered the loss of the presence of God. One of the most atrocious things you can go through is when God decides to leave you. That's painful stuff. And he suffered through that. David suffered the weakness of loving his boy's wife. He you know, suffering is not all external. He suffered though. 
Suffering is not just internal, it is external as well. He suffered through his family killing each other. Can you imagine your sons killing one another? He suffered through that. That is suffering. The prophet suffered through the difficulty of having the audience ignore their warnings. The prophets. Jeremiah was called and told by God, Jeremiah, I have called you. And I talk to my children in Israel. But this is the promise I'm giving you, Jeremiah. They're not going to listen to you. But still send the message. Can you imagine that pain? He went through that all of his life. Mordecai and Esther suffered the possibility of the whole Israel race being killed and wiped off the face of the earth. That fear of death. Whew. That was immense for them. We have to mention Ezra and Nehemiah who suffered opposition to the rebuilding of the temple and walls of Jerusalem after captivity. Even after God called them and told them, go and rebuild my nation. Guys were like, ah, no. The devil was like, no. And if you're a minister in God's word, you know exactly what this means. How it feels. I remember very clearly when I was told, Pastor, Sanane the building is closed. You are seasons. I was like, India, India, do my. That was suffering. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords suffered. Here we know. We've had it preached. No one even comes close to what he went through. This month, though, and very briefly, we are going to look at the life of Job. Job suffered. And I know you know the story very well. I don't know whether you know it is the oldest book in the Bible. Actually, one of the first books of the Bible. It is so old, and if you look at where Job comes from, the land of Uz, it is very close to where Abraham came from. The Ur of the Chaldees. Present-day Iraq, Jordan, up of that area, that is where Job is. It is a very difficult poetic book that is very difficult to understand. There's areas in it, even scholars are like, hey, what, what was happening in the book? And so this book will break it down. Leo, I'll just briefly go over a couple of verses in closing. And hopefully you can understand what God is telling us through the book that we've just read before the book of Psalms in our 2023 Bible reading plan. It is believed that it existed in the times of the book of Genesis. It's a book showcasing the relations between the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. Job is introduced to us as a blameless and upright man. Hey, your statement Pastor, are you blameless and upright? What is he blameless and upright? Hey, Timuna Timuna smile, Jehovah. He is wealthy and has one wife. Can I hear an amen? Mm. Wealth and one wife. Hey. You are to sana. 
has 10 children makofi ya bibi ko wapi Let me read for us Job 1, 1 to 12. Eh? Job 1, 1 to 12. I want to read quickly because of time. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. The man is blameless, upright, feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. Owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. He. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking perhaps my children have sinned and cast God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day the angels came to pre- present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, "Where have you come from?" Can you imagine that? Satan answered the Lord, "From roaming around the earth, going back and forth in it." Then the Lord said to Satan, "Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil." This is God speaking of Job. Does Job fear God for nothing? The devil responds. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands, so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, "Very well then. Everything he has is in your power. Do your best. You bam the boss. Go ahead, boy. But on the man himself, do not lay a finger." Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Guys, in this short portion of scripture, a lot is told to us. We've seen Job and his life. What I've always found interesting is how come God just out of nowhere is summoning angels and addressing the devil? What is going on? Remember this is one of the earliest books. So it is obviously after the devil is thrown from heaven, you know the book of Ezekiel. Was cast down that great star the devil so this is after adam and eve fell obviously but he's still in the presence of god and then the question which is the title of our sermon today the lord asks the devil niyajamse ukofiti eh have you considered my servant job One of the annoying things I read in scripture is that statement. Yani, you want to tell me God is on the throne. Have you considered Lucy? Have you considered Esther? Have you? Until I went to Reverend Joseph S. Excel and Henry Donald Maurice of the KJ, KJV pulpit commentary. This is what they say of the old KJV language that was written on this statement. They give a very clear and concise meaning to this question. In the old King James language, it gives the same meaning of devil. Have you set your heart on my servant Job? That 
gives a different direction to the question. If you know God very well, even as we are told in the book of Genesis, when he sees Adam and Eve, having seen, what does he ask? The first question, where are you guys? We go out. Is he asking because he doesn't know? This is Job. He knows it all. I believe with all of my heart. What is God is God is asking the devil is to reveal what is already in his plans. He's pointing the fact that he might have had set his heart on destroying Job already. Because look at the response that the devil gives. He confirms by giving a point-by-point -point summary of the life of Job. Exactly how Job is, where he is, what he sees. Asemiati, ah, you know, I don't even know who Job is. Because if somebody asks you, hey, Buddha, do you know will appear a president? You're like, ah, no, I don't. I, I have no idea. Who's that? Job does not, the devil does not say that. When God asks him, have you considered my servant Job? He goes straight into, ah, that's the guy you've protected. You've blessed him. You've covered him. That's the reason. All you need to do is just two eyes of it and he'll curse you. Fearing God for having protected his big family as well, the work of his hands, and all that God needs to do is to remove his hand over Job's hand. That is what the devil is telling you. The fear this guy has over you is because of the protection you have. But guys, please remember, the book of Revelation tells us very clearly that the job of the devil for us, his children, is to accuse us before the Lord. Day and night, Revelation 12, verse 10. He accuses you consistently. And the reason you love him is because of his protection over your life. That is what he's telling us at the about Job. God then tells him, Sal, have your best. Do your best. Guys, one of the things I believe, as a child of God, as a child of God, if you don't know him, don't know him this is not you. As a child of God, I bet you the devil has considered. He has. Have you considered is my child in your thoughts and your plans? Have you decided to mess, to sift? David, uh, Jesus told Peter, the devil desires to sift you. But I have prayed for you. One of the things I will remind you this month is each one of your names, the devil knows. And he knows them very well. He knows what ticks you. What will mess you up? And I do a very well. And all God is reminding you today is that let him do his best. Because we know how the story ends. We know. At the very end of this story, you know what happens. But as I close, I will ask this question again. Do you know the Lord? Because if you don't know him, this story will not make sense to you. It will not apply to you. Do you know Jesus? Sour, sour, I know him. Pastor, let's move on from that. 
So, as a child of the living God, I must remind you again that you are the enemy. He is there to sift you. Your name is on his lips. Washa pata baraz. They sat down and said, Ah, leo di pastor friend. And probably the Lord has given the go ahead. Do your level best. Just don't take his life, but go ahead. As a child of God, I must remind you that the hand of God, despite the suffering you're going through, the pain, the trouble, is still over your life. Everything Job went through, and that's what we look at next week. God was right there. And believe it or not, Job didn't know that. Because this is reported to us before it happens. As a child of God, his hand is over you. He's protecting you whether you believe it or not. He is blessing the work of your hands. Even though it looks like everything in a as a child of God the devil's role over your life is to sift you as wheat to devour you completely that's his job 1 Peter 5 8 be alert and of sober mind your enemy the devil Satan prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour when he was asked by the Lord where have you been yeah? I've been walking around looking and he loves the children of God why? we must suffer like he's suffering as a child of God I know one of the biggest dilemmas we have is understanding how can I be God's child and going through what I'm going through how can I be at the I am the child of God. He is my father. Now the devil has right, a right to play around with my life. What do you mean, Pastor? Like, you know, this is scripture. How is it that God can give the enemy rule over my life? Because it is painful for crying out loud. Losing a loved one is not easy. Losing a job is not easy. Losing a friend is very difficult. Pastor, what are you talking about? The dilemma we have in addressing the book of Job is that some of us assume that because I'm a child of God, then my life should be without trouble. I should have only but the blessings of God over my life. It means God's approval of our lives means pluses. See, I'm serving the Lord. See, I'm worshipping Him. I prayed this morning, Jehovah. I give to the house of God. How is it that my finances are suffering? We cannot assume those things, guys. We can't. As a child of God, one of the things we must understand is just because our lives are kind of 
been handed over to trouble and suffering. We must remember that we'll make it through. That is the promise we have in him. How we'll make it through, I don't know. I'm not a prophet. I'm not those guys. I can play that game, by the way. I was telling my friend that even you are, sometimes you see it, you're like, you know these empty seats, Jehovah, you, know, you can do stuff. You know stuff you can do. I can get a couple of people up. Ah, Get up, three of them. We just can send them, Father, shuka baba shuka shuka. I know your name. Your name is Cecilia. Cecilia. Palekoma. Those things it's easy to do. Guys, but what God promises us, <laughs> if we stay with Him through the difficulty of the times, we're going to make it through. That is the message of the Lord. And so, what are you going through today? Because one of the biggest ways to make it through is whether you're a child of God or you're not. I'll say it again. Are you a child of God? But let me push it further. God said something very specific about the life of Job. Alisema, have you considered my servant Job? Akusema, my child. Alisema, servant. So guys, are you God's servant? Am I just boasting that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? And that's it. Do you serve him? Talk about our gifts the other day. How are you serving the kingdom of God? Because I kid you not, how we make it through difficulty, through tough times, is through servanthood. If you compare, by the way, human development and spiritual development, they're lying. You know very well that kids struggle. They need a lot of help. From the ages of 0 to 12, childhood, if you go through traumatic things, it's very difficult to come out of that. You will come out. But that's why even things like diapers are there for kids, because they can't manage on their own. Don't boast about the fact that you're a child in the kingdom. That's being a new believer. New believers may struggle in the times of trouble. After childhood, there's adolescence. Adolescents, they may do it, but they're still not there yet. There's a reason they're still under our care until they're adults. The spiritual formation of a believer is from new believers to discipleship. The moment you become a new believer, one of the people do things like oh, plug in, we do things like just programs to help us just get into the space of understanding the spiritual life that we need to start contending with. The place where we succeed as believers and as human beings is adults, where we start making conscious decisions. Unakana unasema, eh, ice cream, kuna maji na pia. You 
You see adults, you think different. So that they don't come and switch off the water. Otherwise, that's trouble. So it is in the faith. When we start serving the Lord, there's things you stopped bothering. You're not a child anymore in the faith. You understand the precepts of the gospel. You know what the word of God says. Nobody can just come and tell you, Yes, when he said through Musa, Ruga Komach. What do you mean, Ruga Komach? What do you mean? Guys, do you serve him? The strength we get in these difficult times is in his word. Are you consistent in God's word? Do you pray? Those are servants of God. You've heard it said of Job. This guy was blameless and upright, meaning blameless is horizontal. There's nobody who had a case against him. If you read Job 29 and Job 31, he talks of the things he used to do with the community. This guy gave to the poor, loved the widows, took care of the fatherless. He was there standing in the gap in court for those who could not stand for themselves. He loved his neighbor. My wife was talking about this last month. Like he loved himself. This was a servant. He gave over and above. He was so wealthy, but he gave. He was a servant. He understood God. What is the first thing he said when he went through? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You can't say that without knowing who Jehovah is. That's a servant. Guys, are you a servant? One of the only ways to make it through these difficult times that we're living in. He served the Lord. Servants know him. They talk to him. You heard it was said of Job that every time in the evening and in the morning when his sons, his children would have parties, mabash, kujibinjari, sherei, hallelujah, praise the Lord, sherei koko What did he do? He went before the Lord. Give a sacrifice. Why? Just in case his family had messed up. This guy was a priest. He understood that hey, me na Jehovah. I am the one who's going to be asked. So what am I supposed to do? Jehovah, have mercy over my family. Forgive me. If they've messed up in any way, king of kings, have mercy. He understood someone. Are you a servant? That is how we make it. I'm not saying servanthood diminishes the pain. Hey, guys, your pain. You it and the layer. But what it does, it helps you, especially your mind, to understand. First of all, I will make it. Itaisha, this is temporary. Secondly, God is on my side. He said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And third, ah, the devil is defeated. You cannot know that by osmosis. It's in God's word. So are you a servant?
Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.